0: This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and that, yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. Is it the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion? The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.
1: Thunder Media.
2: Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside
3: Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars.
0: On this edition of Inside Supercars, we look at Shane Van Gisbergen in the USA. I miss racing in the States. Like, I've done Daytona
3: four or five times now, and just the way the American people are and how they go racing, it's so much more enjoyable and even doing the media stuff which I hate like everyone here's really nice they ask good questions and you know they're they're respectful and it goes both ways
0: Van is wins in Chicago and we find out more now Shane Van Gisbergen has become the first driver to win a race in his first NASCAR Cup Series start since Johnny Rutherford 60 years ago at Daytona. Van Gisbergen was asked if he thought he could win on his first outing in NASCAR. Uh, the short answer is no. <laughs> like, it's something you, I guess you dream about. Van Gisbergen was buried in the pack after the race was shortened, but he was able to drive back through the field to challenge for the lead you know once the race got shortened we had to pit
3: to be able to make it on fuel and thought it was going to be difficult from 18th and you know I don't know the paint schemes that well or the numbers so I was kind of re- trying to read the numbers on the windscreen to figure out who people were when I come up on them and um, you know kind of remember who's good and who's not and Yeah, had some really good battles coming through. Some guys waved to me and some guys battled hard, which was really cool. Um, And everyone was clean and I got a couple of taps. I tapped a couple of people and there was that crazy restart at turn 11. Um, The spotter was going off. I've never raced with a spotter before and I normally would have just barreled on and joined the crash. So it was pretty cool to, to see how that side of it works.
0: So Van Gisbergen's crew chief, Darian Grubb, how did he rate the run through the field? to get the victory
1: yeah i was a little nervous honestly when the we knew we were going to be racing to the darkness and then that's when they announced that we were going to go to lap 75 and we still needed to pit at that point where some of the guys had already jumped it let a few laps earlier with the risk thinking that was going to happen so i was a little disappointed we came out 18th but uh, after the first lap when he came around and we ended up 16th and he showed his skill of passing those cars cleanly and just picking them off one by one and then he was still the fastest car in the entire field running back in the pack so knowing that he had that kind of speed at that point I really wasn't too worried and then when he got to fifth there with a few to go uh, yeah, it was pretty confident at that point that he at least had the potential and then we were just hoping for not having the cautions and the other things too that would take the time away to be able to do it. Shine and second place runner Justin Haley,
0: who started from the last position on the grid after damaging the car the night before in qualifying, talked about that final pass that set up the win for Wengisbergen.
3: When I um, started catching him, I actually put a move on him into seven right when the yellow come out. So that's when I thought I knew would be okay, because he didn't defend as hard as I thought. But yeah, after that restart, it was a good battle, and out of turn two, I probably could have shut him down more aggressively, but I didn't have the mirror set up good enough on that side and let him get through, um, but I saw when I was catching him, he was a little bit weak into the turn four braking, so I just let him have it and then crossed to the inside, but that was probably one of my car's strengths, was, was braking there. and
4: it wasn't much of a battle. Um, I, you know, I just... You're just trying to do everything you can, and um, I was really struggling in a turn four. Like I said, that's where I wrecked yesterday, and our car was just um, so rough in the braking zone, and, and I was really struggling there, and um, you know, trying to adjust my brake bias to to be better there, and, and I just couldn't, so um, his car was just smoother through there and, and could outbrake me. And
3: But yeah, he was awesome to race against, and the guys told me he'd probably be aggressive at the restarts, he doesn't, I don't think he's locked into the chase, they said, so. Yeah, I tried to get as good of a jump out of the last corner to make a gap into turn
4: one. Um, you know, I don't feel like he pulled away from me. You know, I feel like I I I held my own there on the the green-white checkered, especially. But um, you know, was that just him? You know, only needing that five car length gap, knowing that um, you know it was his race to lose. So yeah, just like I said. I mean, I, I you know, as a driver, you don't want comp, you don't want other you know, forms of of motorsport drivers to come in and and beat you at your own game, like Kyle said, but um, unfortunately, he's just really good, and um, this was my first street race, and I I can't imagine how many he's raced, so, um, you know, I I have nothing bad to say.
0: Chase Elliott is a regular front runner in the NASCAR series, and he had high praise for Van Giesbergen, saying that Van Gies- showed up the good old boys on the streets of
2: chicago as always the people who do a better job than others tend to find their way to the front you saw that today with shane you know he he was in a league of his own and you know in my opinion put on a really big time clinic and and um i don't want to speak for everybody else but he made me look bad um and and i kind of think the rest of us too but looking forward to going to work and, and trying to be better
3: i'm sure if it was an oval it would be the other way around i guess this is my sort of bread and butter the street circuits we do Almost half of our series races are street street circuits, so I'm comfortable with the walls. Um, took me a bit to learn the proximity of the car, um, having the car on the other side of me. So I was missing apexes turning left and struggling turning right to know where that side of the car was. Um, but yeah, I got I got better and better. And in qualifying, I left a lot on the table. Like it's very intimidating on these straights. You have a 90 degree corner and no runoff, so. I left a lot on the table on braking and every lap today I was learning and getting better but those guys are good in the wet you know the tyre was so different to anything I'm used to but they were straight into it and and just into it and when I got on the slicks again I was probably a bit too timid and um, the guys were all over me the next restart I was just trying to find my feet a bit and figure out how everyone races and, w- and what it's like and you know everyone's
0: good and the passes they were making were committed. Kyle Busch is a two-time NASCAR champion
2: and provided his thoughts on Shane's performance as a rookie. Obviously being a rookie to NASCAR yes but um, you know not being whatsoever a rookie in road racing and his expertise that he has uh, that's what he's grown up doing that's what he's done his whole life you know so uh, and fortunate for him he's done it in bigger, heavier stock cars, not lighter weight GT cars or, you know, um, some IMSA cars or something like that. So um, he's, he's probably, I don't know, four five, eight years ahead of us in this sort of car. Um, you know, in the things that he's done with the VA
3: supercars. I don't really know the answer, but uh, it definitely a street circuit I'm more comfortable in and I come back next year. A lot of those guys will be quicker, but the way the car achieves its speed is very different with the aero under the floor rather than over the top with the spoilers and wings like we have. So yeah, riding on the bump stops here, it's, it was crazy like how bumpy this track was, but it's so powerful, the underfloor, that they do everything they can to activate it. So you can see everyone just hitting the bumps and riding so hard. Whereas we in Australia run so high and soft to try and make the car compliant. So very different philosophy and then and then of course the rear diff, we have a locked diff. And this car has, you know, an open one and it just turns so much better than what we have. So yeah, huge differences in cars, but I think the street races, you know, the more they do here, the the better they'll get. You could see guys leaving a lot on the table on corner exits to the wall where I wasn't afraid of getting close, yeah.
2: I've worked with him before as a teammate with the Lexus program down in Daytona, the Daytona 24 hours. Um, he was on the other car, but we were all, six of us, eight of us were all, you know, in the same meetings talking together and so work, worked with Shane a little bit there and um, yeah, I saw his, he was talented in that car, we were all really fast and so he always kept um, probably the quickest time for the team the whole time we were down there for Daytona so uh, he's no slouch, I knew he'd be good when he came over. Late in the race,
0: Van Gisbergen was concerned about his engine and crew chief Darian Grubb spoke about how he managed the concerns of his driver.
1: Uh, just trying to talk him off the ledge at that point, uh, we were looking at data trying to figure out what it was he keyed up on there that he felt. Uh, he felt like the motor was giving up some at the end of the straightaway, but we were able to take the data and confirm that it wasn't. So I think it is just he was hearing the gremlins in his own head, realizing I'm leading the race and have the potential for the win there.
3: Yeah, I got close to the fence, and it echoes funny off the fence sometimes, and I thought it sounded a bit funny, and I looked at the the lap times. We went from doing high 29s to 31s on that last restart. And I wasn't really pulling away that much where I felt like I was trying. So. And then the water pressure, I don't really understand Imperial that much. So <laughs> the settings are a little bit different to me. So I started stressing when they, they change colour. But, um, you know, that's normal under yellow and under green and stuff. And I had put the radiator fans on for when I was in traffic. And it just got too cold when I was out front. So that was my bad. And, yeah, I need, a, need to be able to switch or, or get them to change the dash to Celsius.
0: Shane was the first driver in 10 years from the Southern Hemisphere to be part of a NASCAR Cup race. And he spoke about seeking advice from others who had raced in different NASCAR series, including Marcus Ambrose. Yeah, and he was amazing how,
3: how open he was. Uh, it's probably himself uh, and Owen Kelly. Also, Boris said a little bit, they, they were so open about how to fit in really and what to expect, how the guys are going to race and Marcus was, was awesome. So um, yeah, can't thank him enough and every little bit of preparation, um, it, it all helped,
0: all that advice. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. And, and what was the one thing that Shane was really able to use from what Marcus and the others had told him? Yeah, don't talk about understeer and oversteer. No one knows what that is here. It's all loose and
3: tight and stuff like that. So I had to change my terminology a bit. Darian's a um, good old boy. have to use those words. And it was cool. Like you hear that stuff. Everyone talk about it on the radio. And it's quite a different way of working and describing the car. And the way the pit stops work, the spotters, like it's a completely different world to me. So yeah, all that, all that little stuff added up.
0: The Chicago event was the first ever street race for NASCAR, and Shane gave his thoughts on the event. Pretty similar to some tracks we
3: have, like the last half of Surface Paradise is pretty similar to this in some ways. But the changes in surface were extreme, like to go from old to new, and then the concrete. i never driven on concrete like that really, maybe Sebring a little bit. But then when it rained, the concrete was crazy slippery for everyone, so quite, quite, quite different, but for nascar like their first ever street race and the way the weekend run unfortunately the the xfinity series didn't happen but yeah it's um credit to nascar to nail it on their first weekend and hopefully it leads to more street courses and i'd love to be here for them
0: he also talked about what he found his favorite part of the track was
3: uh probably from turn six onwards and then you got to the tight twisty technical stuff and I could see yesterday the first like I was four tenths down on Denny up to that turn six and then the rest of the lap I was very strong so yeah I was quite confident through there with how close you had to be to the walls and then yeah overnight I really had to work on the first half of the track so I think I got better at that today but um yeah there's no bad parts of the track that's all just character and how it is but Definitely the last half of the lap, it was really cool to, to hustle the thing
0: through there. For Shane, being in a left-hand drive car, whilst it was challenging, wasn't the only challenges that he had with the next-gen NASCAR.
3: My rally car last year was left-hand drive and uh, changed gears with the right hand, so fairly similar, but it's been a long time since I've driven anything without a flat shift, so learning the technique and timing how to change gears quick. I was a bit slow on the straights yesterday and I think I got a bit better today, but a little bit different, but I got comfortable. Like the team really helped me to get comfortable. We ran out of adjustment a little bit to get the brake pedal in the spot that I liked. I couldn't get it far enough to the right, but um, otherwise I was was very comfortable in the car. And yeah, the the most difficult thing on a street track was the car on the other side, having that meter and a half of metal on that side instead of the left it was it just took a little bit and i I
0: probably left a bit on the table with that justin marks is the principal at track house racing and he talked about the team's second win in two weeks the team took a victory at the nashville oval and then backed it up in chicago this being particularly special as it was part of the project 91 program
5: well i think i mean it's this is an incredible win for the company. Uh it definitely ranks up there. It's just it's different. I mean it's and I'm still sort of processing it to be honest because it's it's so new um right now but um I mean I think it's it's important in the sense that you know it's it's um A lot of what we're trying to do at Trackhouse is new and different and exciting for the sport. We're trying to inject something into the sport that it hasn't seen before, that the fans haven't seen before. And so I think, you know, it's really important because it comes out of that creativity that we all share and the passion that we have in trying to put something out on the racetrack that's really unique and compelling um and and it's kind of a you know it was it was it's not a crazy idea like people have have done this before but to put a brand on it and to actually you know build a group around it that that you know darian leads and and go to the go to the company and say this this is this is an idea that we want to do and it's actually like a unit in the company i mean to put that into victory lane is i mean it's it's hard to find the words for it because it's so different like it doesn't put anybody in the playoffs it doesn't you know it doesn't it, it doesn't really do any of that but but it's um but it's an it's a credible moment for the fact that we are trying to be a special team that's that's different and compelling and exciting for the fans and and you know for an idea a concept that i came to these guys with and said you know would you take this on would you do the extra work and take this on and for them to embrace it and then to put it in victory lane is, is really, um, you know, it's sort of like anything is possible. Like if you can dream it, you can do it. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of my emotions. It, it's, it's hard because it's a little bit, it's just a little bit different because, you know, obviously Shane's not a full-time driver. It's his first ever race. It's not a full-time team. There's no playoff implications. There's, you know, nothing like that. But it's just a great moment for our company and for Chevrolet and for uh, Enhance Health and for us as a group that's excited about just sort of doing unique different things.
0: Marks went on to say what this victory meant for the Project 91 program in attracting international drivers.
5: Yeah I mean it doesn't change anything I mean it's really it's it's um, it just puts fuel in the tank as far as the fact that we're trying to we're trying to build something here where you know the the greatest drivers in the world uh, have a place that they can call home if they want to try NASCAR racing, and so, you know, for for us to put it in victory lane, it just it, it just shows I think the world that this Project ninety one is an, a very very elite effort, and it's not about vanity, it's not about just you know sponsorship, it's not about you know social media, it's it's about putting a program together that can actually win, and um, tell great stories. And so I think the fact that we put it in Victory Lane, um, it just galvanizes our mission in trying to attract, you know, the greatest motorsport talent in the world. From a commercial standpoint, it, it was a big weekend because, because, you know, we had a company come in that said, we want to sponsor Project 91. You go get the driver. It wasn't attached to a driver or anything like that. And Enhanced Health came in and said, we love this concept and, and you know, we want to sponsor it. So. So that was a that was a that's a big moment for our company. Is that actually you know a, a partner looked at it and said we believe in this Project ninety one thing siloed from everything else. We really we really love it. We want to be a part of it. You know I, I think as far as what it does, it 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 just you know hopefully I think it just makes Project ninety one be on a lot more people's radar internationally, and um, you know we can attract continue to attract. Uh, the top talent in the world, I think, as far as like expansion and growth, you know we didn't hire anybody for project ninety one everybody that works on project ninety one like Darian said, already works for the company they 've got you know uh, other jobs for the company and so you know I think as far as scaling project ninety one you know it's a two or three race a year program, and beyond that it starts to get it starts to get to be kind of a lift. it starts to sort of feel like a third a third team, so you know we're pretty committed to just being um, very focused on the races that we do and very committed and do them in in a great way where we can come out here and and win. Uh, And then as far as NASCAR, I mean, you know, we, Trackhouse, Trackhouse is, you know, we approach our partners, we approach NASCAR as partners. And, and we really want to help each other. And we've got a great relationship with the sport. And it's important to Ben. And it's important to, to Jim and Lisa and Steve and everybody that, you know, this sport grows and that the sport becomes more and more internationally relevant. And if we can do all of the things where we can win for us and sign great sponsors and have great days like today, but also contribute to that mission, then we're here for that. And so, you know, I take a, I take a little bit of personal pride in being able to deliver something to that that international initiative because nascar racing is special it's unique and there's nothing in the world like it and i think the more people globally that we can get tuned in and excited about this sport the better it is for all of us and i think today was a step in that direction
2: and to check watkins glenn that's the only other project 91 race we don't we product. don't have any
5: other project 91 races on the calendar right now okay. this is this is it right now
0: shane also talked about why he thinks international drivers can now be competitive in nascar
3: yeah, it's a, it's an amazing opportunity and probably something we couldn't have done in the old car. That car looked so foreign to everything else where this car is a bit more relative to all race cars around the world. So yeah, it's appealing. Like you saw Jensen yesterday, he was so competitive and we were both running up front probably where we shouldn't be. So it was pretty cool. And that car, this car now allows people to do it. So hopefully people look outside the circle a bit more and... and um. Let foreigners come and come and race, but for sure a NASCAR would oh sorry an oval race would be a completely different world, so I'd love to try it, but you know that would be the four to eight years to get up to speed for sure like it's so difficult it looks so difficult and intense how how that all works, but I'd love to give it a go.
0: Mark spoke about why he looked to supercars to find a driver for this event?
5: Well, I mean, I think that, you know, if you look at cup racing, on especially with this new car on the street courses, you know, there's, there's. if you look around the world, the closest thing that there is to the NASCAR Cup Series anywhere in the world on, on road courses is the supercar series. I mean, the cars are very similar um, and, you know, the talent there is unbelievable obviously we had marcus ambrose in the series for a number of years you know scott mclaughlin came over and, and won in the indycar series um and then you know when you look at you know, scott dixon and you the guys from that part of the world i mean there's so much talent over there and i figure i just sort of thought of it as like kind of an untapped resource um and so you know really it was it was because it's it's you know, it's difficult to take a guy like Kimi Raikkonen who's raced, you know, Formula One and put him in a full-bodied stock car. Obviously, incredible talent, but there's a lot to learn there. Whereas, you know, Shane's had a lot of experience in cars like this. And and um, so I, I just I figured, you know, if, if, if a guy like him could come over and we could put the program together like we have for Project 91, that, that he could get to speed really, really quickly and be able to contend. Darian Grubb is a championship winning crew chief who is now part of the track
1: house team and he explained where he ranked this victory in his career i think this one ranks up there pretty high uh, just the fact that justin puts faith in the whole group there at Trackhouse racing and being able to put this on as an extra effort and come here and then just see all those guys get to go to victory lane uh, it's the shop foreman is the car chief gary Putnam, and those guys they they all poured extra into this it's outside of their normal jobs we still had to do those. We still had to go do the shakedown test that NASCAR allows us. We did a lot of extra work. The engineers did an amazing job in preparation. And then I have to say, Shane just did an amazing job as well, just in preparing and asking the right questions, being prepared for this event. Grubb and Justin Marks both explained at what point Meeting and working with Shane, they thought they could win this weekend's event. First up, Darian Grubb. Honestly, for me, I would say it was Monday when we did the test at the Roval. I have to give kudos to NASCAR for letting us swap that program up and work more for the safety. We weren't allowed to do any setup changes or anything with it. It's just going to make laps but being able to work on seat belts, steering column, brake pedals, and obviously with the awesome foot cam that was on there this week, everybody gets to see his footwork. So just adjusting brake pedals and pads and the throttle pedal and those things, that was critical for him to be comfortable in a car and be able to do what he could do. So thank you to those guys for changing that program and making it now where we can work about the safety and the consistency but then that day watching his disciplined approach of managing tire wear let him do a long run we did 26 laps there at the end of the test just let him feel how the tires would fall off we were running part of the legends course on the backstretch, so it's nothing that even correlates to anything we do on a racetrack but those are corners that he felt like he could go attack and understand what it would be for a 90 degree corner somewhere so those things you see his talent level and you see his questioning of his own ability and he wanted to go in there and try it five different ways and you just sit there and watch we don't have data on the car or anything but you can see him learning with every lap and he could do consistent laps all day long and then when we got to the simulator later than the week watching how he had studied what the other guys had done and being able to go out there lap three and beat their lap times in most cases was pretty impressive and his feedback in the car matched exactly what we were expecting with simulation programs and everything we do with Chevrolet, having their background over there and what we have here with Chevrolet, it was really awesome to see that feedback all match up. just Justin Marks.
5: Yeah, I think, I think for, me, it, it's, for me it kind of just built throughout the week, right? It was sort of like, you know, it, it we had a lot of, um, um, you know, hope and belief that he could be very, very competitive. But as soon as he landed, it was like his his focus and his understanding of what we were doing was really, really impressive and his learning curve through the week. Great sim session. You know, he was really, he came to Nashville last weekend and sat on the box and was really plugged in asking questions and really absorbing it all. And then as the week went on, it was like one of the best sim sessions these guys have had. And, you know, great tests, like Darian said. And, you know, he wanted to spend a lot more time on our static sim at the shop than he kept asking to go back to it and spent a lot of time on it. And then when we got here, you know, through practice, it was just, it just started building. It was like, we all kind of were like, man, we've, you know, we've got a real shot here, but there's always that thing in your mind. It's like, you know, NASCAR races just, they, they get kind of bananas and there's, it's not just about the speed, right? It's about, you know, getting on and off pit road. He's never made a pit stop before and this, obviously in this, this type of pit stop before and these late restarts and you, you know, it's, there's just a lot of other variables. And so that's always in the back of your mind, you know, is that going to, is that going to play into sort of how, how the race goes, but you know, he he showed so much speed in his his approach and focus and everything in practice was in qualifying. He just adapted to everything so well. Um, and then as the race went on and he got into position there, you know his his speed late in the race was was really really good. And and he's you know he's such a racer. He made those passes. He made the pass on Chase. He made the pass on Justin. And the caution came out and and um, you know the green typically the green white checkered is just like ah oh, man you're just you're nervous because it just goes crazy and things happen but the way they put the the um the restart zone you know i was i was re- i was remarkably calm honestly for the restart because i just knew if he just got through 12 and got the jump off there that that you know the whole build of the week it was like there was no there was no anxiety about him making a mistake or missing his turn in or anything like that we just just get to the white flag and get done he just put on a clinic it was unbelievable Van Gisbergen wouldn't be drawn into discussions of
0: was this his best ever victory?
3: Yeah, it's obviously pretty high, but um, it's still like supercars is my dream, and you know winning that championship and and races like Bathurst over there are still top of the list. But to come in and do this, like, yeah, I don't know where it ranks yet. It's still sinking in, but it's obviously one of the most special victories I've ever had. And yeah, to share it with so many people, to have my dad come over and few other family and yeah like the team how how awesome this team is like it's great trackhouse is such a cool orga- organization to be part of like the atmosphere and the teams I've never really experienced anything like it before
0: and will Shane be back racing in the USA well he certainly spoke about how much he loved being back in America I miss
3: racing in the states like I've done Daytona four or five times now and just the way the American people are and how they go racing, it's so much more enjoyable and even doing the media stuff, which I hate. Like, everyone here's really nice, they ask good questions and you know, they're, they're respectful and it goes both ways. So, yeah, everyone here has made me feel comfortable and it's so enjoyable the way the races are run. Like, the qualifying at Nashville, I couldn't believe how relaxed everyone was. But then it was like a switch, the intensity turns on and away it goes, so. Yeah, I'm committed next year to supercars. I, I still love supercars and hope it hope it goes well there. Um, but in 25, who knows?
5: I'm I'm pretty pretty confident that it's Shane's seat right now (laughs) Um, you know he did such such an incredible job obviously you know just just put on an incredible incredible race today you know that project 91 is is about bringing all different kinds of of drivers in and we certainly still have the the desire to rotate uh, drivers through Uh, but you know winning feels pretty good and Shane just did it so if he can continue to deliver that then I think that the door is open for him to do to do more for sure
0: and when could the Giz get into NASCAR? Well, Jamie Wincup spoke to Fox Sports News in Australia and said he might not have to wait till 2025. Jamie,
3: we heard him say post-race that one more year and he wants to come back and be part of the NASCAR series. So
2: you're his boss, contractually rather. Is that possible?
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. He's only contractually bound to us for next year. But me sitting here right now, of course, I'm trying to run the business as well as I possibly can. I need the best drivers. But if any driver, engineer, employee come to me and said, "Hey, I want to," uh, m- my dream is to to go to the other side of the world and do something else. Then I'm not going to stand in their way, am I? I, I yeah, I I, uh, I want I want I want to open up opportunities for for, for all my staff.
3: If he strikes while well, the iron suddenly and comes to you and sits down with you after Townsend, which we'll touch on shortly, and goes, Jamie. There's an opportunity here. Can I get out a year early? You wouldn't stand in his way. I certainly wouldn't stand in his way.
0: One thing's for sure, American motor racing knows the New Zealand driver, Shane Van Gisbergen, a lot more now. That's all we've got time for on this edition of Inside Supercars. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. you love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, that... and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.